Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove, your host, as always. Man, it is a gorgeous day today. It's like 60 degrees, the sun's shining, some powdered sugar on the mountains. Feels like spring. I know the world's upside down, but we gotta we gotta take our moments where we can. And today, after I'm done making this podcast, I'm going to head outside. My favorite room in the whole house in the summertime is my front deck. And I spend many hours writing out there, up on the ABCs here in Estes Park. All right, well, time to get into some news. We had the uh, board meeting last night for the Estes Park Board of Education. I think it may be one of the most heavily attended board meetings ever in the history of the the school board. I don't know, at least in the time I've been around. And that's a good thing. No matter what you think of the board meeting, the fact that there were close to a hundred people in person, close to, I think it was like 115 online. That's engagement. I'm excited about engagement because engagement is how we figure out how to move forward in better ways, how we come together as a community and just Make tomorrow a better day. So we got some we got some uh, some traveling to do from here to there, but this is how we do it: one step at a time, one day at a time. So let's get into the board meeting. Let's let's talk about that. So the Essex Park School District Board of Education met for their monthly meeting last night on Monday, April twenty fifth, and. Really, the the juicy bits of the meeting were the public comment um, section that happened at the beginning of it. And there were 16 different people that spoke by my count. Now, I was there. I, I got there a little late. I, I will I'll admit that I was like five minutes late. And I do blame my daughter, Lux. Um, but it's a good thing. We I took her down to the valley. Um you know, we, we've lived in poverty for so long that, you know, I haven't had a chance to really, you know, do special occasions right when it comes to like, you know, school dances, prom is coming up. It's going to be at the um, Stanley Hotel and, you know, we're doing all right. I've got a book advance, the memberships uh, coming along, the sponsorships coming along. So I had a little extra money that wasn't just going towards living and food. So I took her down to the Valley, uh, took her and my, my youngest daughter, Lux and Winter. And um, the deal was they had to come with me to the board meeting and help me with coverage. So if you were there or you were watching it online, you know, the, the teenage punk looking kids, with the crazy hair, uh, with you know the the professional camera and running around taking pictures. Those are my girls, um, but you know I, I thought it was important. These these are our kids are getting the short end of the deal when it comes to to these um, coming of age moments that they've lost a lot out on a lot in the last couple of years. So I wanted to to do something special. So we went and found a dress and got some shoes and you know had both their girls' hair done and colored up. And I want to thank uh, Brooklyn Rawson with uh, Z Studio down at Salon Republic in Broomfield. She uh, she really hooked them up and uh, did just an amazing job. She always does. She's she's just a great colorist. Um, so back to the news. Sorry, I, get, I do get easily distracted. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, the, it kicked off from what I saw with um, one of my listeners, actually, Barbara Ayers, who uh, used to be a, um, a teacher in the district. She's reached out to me several times. Um, she's a, a listener of the podcast and, and reader of the Switchblade. And, um, you know, she, she tends to reach out to me about different stories, telling me what she thinks. And um, I was glad to see her speaking. Um, there were uh, 15 other people um, and, and some, some powerful voices. A lot of teachers spoke. Um, uh, Carly Bangs, who just uh, her, her tenure at, as town trustee just ended. She had some powerful words. And I got to say, like, I, I feel like we're losing such a, a strong and dynamic voice. I, I sure hope Carly still keeps engaging the way she does because we need voices like Carly. She, she spoke really passionately and well. Um, there's a lot of emotion to it. And I've, I, I recorded all the, the speakers. And um, after we talk about things a little bit, I'm going to let you hear what they had to say in their own voices. And um, we'll kind of go from there. Um, there was also several letters read that um, that Stacy Faree at first did not want to read. And Jason did stand up. And I got to give him props there because he kind of stepped back and said, no, I think this is important. I think these letters need to be read. And it's something that used to be done. Um, so kudos to Jason for, for stepping up and saying, no, we need to go ahead and read these. And especially because there was one letter in particular that was, I feel, very, very important. It was signed by 149 local educators. I think it's mostly educators, um, community members, parents. Um, I was contacted the night before the meeting um, by uh, a person in this group and, and had been forwarded the letter. And I got to tell you, I was really discouraged when I thought for a moment that it wasn't going to get read, but they did read it. I don't think people really caught on though. The sound system was not great, um, especially when it came to the trustee or the, um, the board members themselves speaking, um, you know, and, and they were trying to push a microphone through like their little zoom pod thing for online stuff. So I don't know if everyone heard it. So I'm going to take the time to read it for you now. Um, like I said, they had sent it to me the weekend before, and I think it, it, it took a lot of time. They had had a meeting, I guess, the night, the Friday night after I released the core documents that um, we found out that the price of the, the separation agreement without, without lawyers and without the, the hiring process and finding a new superintendent um, at a time when, when, board, when Jason had said that um, it really is the hardest time of the year to find a new superintendent. Um, but it was, you know, $166,490 and 18 cents. And that came from the Colorado open records uh, release requests that I put in and had gotten back. And um, they had put together a meeting and um, they came up with this letter for the board. So let me, here it is right here. 
The recent separation between our school district and Superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz has caught us off guard and left us with numerous questions regarding the cause and separation and the direction the school board intends to take the school district. Since the newly elected board members ran their campaign on transparency, public communication, and community engagement, we would imagine you will all welcome the questions we have and respond to us with your honest answers. Below is our list of questions that as community members, parents, taxpayers, and stakeholders, we feel need to be addressed. What was the reason for investigating a separation agreement with Mr. Rosencrantz, which resulted in letting him go? The separation agreement has been made public, so we can see the amount of money the district paid out to Mr. Rosencrantz. $152,203 severance pay, as well as a $14,287 in unpaid leave, totaling $166,490. There must have been legal consultations and fees leading up to the creation of the separation agreement. We would like to know how much total has been spent thus far to remove Sheldon Rosencrantz as superintendent of our school district. Why was there such a rush to remove Mr. Rosencrantz from his position before the end of the school year? Considering all of his reviews with our school district over the past eight years were positive, taking the well-being of our students and staff seriously, why now? There are currently numerous schools in Colorado looking for a new superintendent. Mr. Rosencrantz had made it public knowledge earlier this spring that he had applied at another school district. Considering that, it would appear that it would have only been a matter of time before he would have applied and accepted a job at another school district. Again, why now and at the cost of $166,490 plus legal fees to the taxpayers? It seems this money would have been better spent on teacher salaries or programs to support the students. Why was Mr. Rosencrantz removed effective immediately? There were only 28 school days left in the school year. Why was he not allowed to finish the school year? We realize there are some of these questions you are not able to answer under the terms of the separation agreement. The separation agreement has been signed and we must now move forward together as a district and community. So equally important are our questions to you regarding the direction you plan to take from here on out. As quickly as Mr. Rosencrantz was removed, we are worried he will be replaced just as quickly and with no public input. We are curious if you plan to take our school district in a different direction or build and improve on existing programs. Knowing that numerous other schools within the state are looking for superintendents, how do you plan to keep our school district competitive in finding a qualified superintendent? Do you plan to do a nationwide search to ensure we will get qualified candidates? When Sheldon Rosencrantz was hired eight years ago, the board asked for public input, feedback, and participation. How do you plan to include the public in the decision-making process on deciding on a new superintendent? How transparent will you be about this process? We can all agree that the safety and well-being of all students should be a priority. How will you work with the administration, teachers, staff, and community to ensure all kids are safe and protected physically, mentally, and emotionally? 
In 2017, the district asked for community engagement and feedback on how they would like the district to move forward and what the community felt was important to the future of education. Over 300 community members were involved and the outcome was the district's global outcomes. Over the years, we have seen the teachers embrace these global outcomes and implement them into their lesson plans and how they teach the students. Do you plan to keep and move forward with the global outcomes? If not, how do you plan to change our district's culture? Since implementing the global outcomes, we have seen many innovative programs come to fruition within our district. These were supported by Mr. Rosencrantz, the administration, and teachers and staff. Trout in the Classroom, the B Project, Aquatic Robotics, Culinary Arts Class, Construction Geometry, and the whole CTE building, to name a few. Will these innovative programs continue to be a priority to the board? If not, what will they be replaced with? Are all board members currently attending the district's accountability meetings to familiarize themselves with the current curriculum and programs being offered within the district? We feel this is especially important before making any additional changes to the district as there are so many great things going on within the district. It is a great way to maintain programs that are working and improve on what might need adjusted. Thank you in advance for your response to this letter and answering the questions as we, your stakeholders, deem are important. The role of a school board is to ensure that the school district is responsive to the values, beliefs, and priorities of their community. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, the Esses Park School District community members, parents, taxpayers, and stakeholders. This was put together by Tony Breeze and from my understanding, a group of well, it would be 148 teachers. I had gotten that it was 150 um, community members and, and largely comprised of, of educators here in the district. So I thought it was really important to give that letter the time it deserved, um, especially since we saw meetings held beforehand to really think out their communication and their questions. And I think they get right to the heart of what is seen as maybe the, not the most honest and transparent approach that a lot of the community seems to think the, uh, the newly elected Board of Education is um, putting forward. So with that being said, let's just finish up with what the rest of the meeting was. Um, and then I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and play some of these audio quotes that I got of the comments for you to hear. I'm going to include both. Um, um, there were a few, a couple anyway, um, comments that were very pro um, Board of Education. And you could, as you were in the room, I started out in the back and made myself made my way to the front as things progressed. And what I noticed was there were a lot of older folks that were gathered at the back and a lot of the younger parents and educators towards the front. And there were certainly some 
some sneers and some some under the breath comments when things like trans the rights of trans, trans children and LGBTQ plus issues came up um, that seemed to come from the back. There were a lot of applause on both ends, um, but you could definitely feel the divide. And we need to, I don't, I don't know if that divide really serves anyone. I think we need to find ways to, to listen to both sides of the community and, and, you know, parents and educators, we, we, this division we've found ourselves in, I don't think it serves anyone really. And there's got to be better ways to try to figure out better ways forward. Now, after that part of the board meeting, um, Stacy Ferry, the, um, the president of the board of education, thanked everyone for coming out and um, speaking from the heart and participating. Um, then Jason Kushner, on the board director, Jason Kushner, talked about the hiring process and some of the ins and outs of, of hiring a new superintendent um, and how normally that process starts in January and ends in March and related the story of how um, former super, superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz kind of, you know, filled in the timeline there with when he was applying for the Summit County job. Um, but he did say that um, we, we're in an awkward time and that if we were to do a national search, the cost would be between $40,000 and $45,000, which is a lot of money. And he, he thought it would be best to look for an interim first, um, that if we have a qualified and competent internal candidate that we should go with that and do a year contract. And then at the end of one year, they decide to move on or we decide to move on. We can do that at no cost to the district if things are going great and that um, they would want to keep that person. Now, everybody on the board agreed with that. And I got to tell you, just the the demeanor of of the board members from the comment section to this section was like someone turned a light switch on. It was a lot of really big smiles and um, glad handing and just, it, it felt a bit like a show. They, they went into the usual things that a, a board meeting is going to go into, you know, reports from the different sections of the school and whatnot. Um, but it sure seemed like maybe they've already got this planned out. and. That's what my gut feel is. My gut feel is they've already got someone picked out for this and that, you know, and I hope it was done with the, the sun, uh, the sunshine laws, the sunlight laws here in Colorado, where, you know, if they're, if they're talking about these types of issues that there needs to be three of the, there needs to be a quorum there, which I believe in this case would be three and that it, there needs to be minutes taken and those need to, those discussions need to be done in a way that is available to the public. So again, I've got, I've got several more um, core requests in, and here's what I want to encourage you people, my listeners to do is 
um, you know, I'm, I'm writing a novel. There's only so much time in the week I can devote to local coverage. I'm, I'm under contract to, to write this narrative nonfiction piece for Skyhorse Publishing. Um, and I've got to get caught back up on that. And, and, you know, we need, to, I'm not going to be able to solve this problem. I'm not going to be able to find all the answers, but we together, we could, we could do a lot better. And so I'm going to encourage you all to really dig into what a Colorado Open Records Act release is. You can do it right from the district school page, the, the school district page. I'm going to put a link in at the bottom of this article where um, it it has the link to request this type of information. And I would say just let's start being good citizens together. Let's Let's take on this problem together. And you don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be an investigator. All you have to be is a a citizen, a person um, that has an interest in this and put in requests. So I think we all need to start trying to figure out what the plan is moving forward and just continue. Like we saw just this, this huge rallying of, of attention and, and, you know, plugging in and wanting to, to be part of what's going on. And, you know, the fact is we kind of all dropped the ball, myself included. Um, and we need to really dig back in and regroup and figure things out. So I'm going to encourage everyone to get just as active and do some thinking on your own, some critical thinking and see what we can find, see what we can figure out the story behind this. Someone has the answers in this community as to why Sheldon was let go in the way he was. Someone in this community knows, you know, why they didn't want to make that public and who they may have. Someone knows what the plan is. Probably several someones. So I hope that they will come forward and let us know what's going on because it sure seems like the school district board is just not, they are set on not letting us know. Um, And the only reason we do know what the separation agreement cost was, was because I dug in and all of us can do that. So I think all of us should do that. So that's just my two cents. Um, You know, the rest, you can, you can find the rest of the story, you know, in the local uh, media coverage, that's general usual score school board stuff. I just wanted to take the time and really dig into some of the parts that may not have communicated all that well via internet to the people that were there or the people that couldn't make it to the board meeting and wanted to. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, we need to keep moving forward in that way. So let's, let's jump in now and just hear what some of the comments that were made to the board are. I was part of the committee that hired our former superintendent, Sheldon Rosenkrantz. I believe in public education. I believe in the future of our district and this community. For those of you who went back to the basics, they never went anywhere. That is my main focus, the basics, reading, writing, and math in second grade. Anyone in this room and anyone in the community is invited to come spend a day with me from 7 a.m. to 4.30, and you can see what I do on a daily basis. I'm here to speak for myself tonight. 
I am here to ask the board some questions about the future of this district and where we are headed. I am hoping that the members of the board pay attention, listen with their heart, and consider honest answers to these questions. I am here to let the board know that the teachers in the district are watching. We are not going away. We will keep coming back to board meetings. Because of the recent decisions, your lack of communication, your lack of transparency, and in my opinion, your lack of accountability to anyone except yourselves, I am questioning the support of this board and the district for the first time in 25 years of working here. I want to know what's going on, and I know the community does too. We all pay our taxes and have a right to know. Here are some of my questions. Have you already started the process of hiring a new superintendent without telling anyone? Will you invite community members, administrators, teachers, families, and students to have a say in the hiring process of a new superintendent? Will you value the input and opinions of these stakeholders? Do you have any experience, any of you, hiring a new superintendent? It cost us $166,000 to separate Mr. Rosencrantz from this district. How will spending this money hurt teachers and students? I have another question. This year, the town of Estes Park started its Estes Forward Comprehensive Plan to draft a vision and guiding principles about what kind of community we would like Estes to be in the future. And it has been asking the community for its input, sharing ideas and hopes to make this a special effort to include the Spanish-speaking community in the process. Ooh. <laughs> How are you going to reach out to the Spanish-speaking community for their input? I'm Catherine Dumont. I'm teaching a fifth grade at the elementary school. Both of my boys went entirely through this school district, kindergarten through graduation. And I need my reading glasses. Congratulations to the three newest members of our school board. You have, in four months, achieved your goal. And in the process, you have slandered the reputation of our superintendent, a man who has dedicated eight years to our district. In my fifth grade class, we refer to dictionaries for accurate definitions. Slander is a legal term used to describe the act of harming a person's reputation by telling one or more people something that is untrue and damaging about them. Now, I know you will honestly say, we didn't do that. Well, perhaps not. However, when all you give for a reason is it was a personnel issue or he no longer aligns with our district, what are the imaginative people of Estes Park likely to think? What is left unsaid can lead people to fill in their own details, some of them not very friendly. And we all know how gossip spreads like wildfire in our beautiful community. Out of respect for Mr. Rosencrantz, it would be nice if you would clearly state that he did not do anything dishonorable, dishonest, or illegal. You ousted him simply because you wanted to. Mr. Kushner did a nice job speaking positively about Sheldon at last week's impromptu meeting. But I suspect most community members did not hear this kind of commendation. So, I will speak briefly to Sheldon's character. This particular impression stands out because it was a memorable day for all of us. October 22, 2020, the day the sky turned red. I was teaching online from my classroom. The kids were zooming in from home because of the smoke. At around 11.30 a.m., Sheldon popped into my classroom. I told him I was busy teaching and that he needed to wait. He insisted that I stop, 
and then told me that the fire had hot the divide and that I needed to go home to evacuate. He checked every classroom in the district that day to make sure we were all headed to safety before he left to pack up his own home. Now that you have spent four months focusing on this very important business that many of us don't understand, are you curious to know the real and present issues in our schools? Well, for starters, we are having one heck of a time recruiting and retaining teachers. Beginning career teachers especially cannot afford to live in Estes Park, and so after investing a year or two into these talented young people, we lose them to greener and higher paying meadows. We also need to get serious about paying our substitute teachers, paraprofessionals, and support staff more than they can make at a local coffee shop. I should say that those handful of people who have been willing to do these jobs have been our heroes, and we can't thank them enough. Do any of you wonder how we cover classes without substitute teachers? Well, mostly our reading interventionists are pulled from their duties to cover other classes. Would any of you be willing to come sub for us so that our reading interventionists can do their jobs. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Tim Rishi. I'm a second grade teacher in the elementary school and this is my ninth year in the district. The last two years of COVID have been difficult for all of us, especially for those in the classroom, teachers as well as our students. We were just feeling things were getting back to normal and moving in a positive direction. And now everything seems unsettled again. My question is, would the school board be willing to meet with teachers for a Q&A session? And this would make a lot of us feel our voices are being heard and it would also give us a chance to learn more about what your vision is for our schools and students. Thank you for your time. Hi, thank you for the opportunity to speak. My name is Isla Raynar. Um, I have lived in Estes Park for 10 years. I'm a parent of two students in Estes Park School District, one in middle and one in elementary school. I'm also the art teacher at the elementary school and I've held that position for the last nine years. I want to speak today about the importance of us all coming together during this time of change. What is done is done and we have an opportunity to do better for our students and community. It is imperative that we get it right. If, we are in, if you are in this room or on the Zoom call, you care about our schools and you know how strong schools are best for all of us. We are a diverse community. We need to put aside our differences and embrace what makes Estes Park special. It is our students, families, teachers, paraprofessionals, administrators, bus drivers, custodians, nurses, recess aides, dining room staff, and superintendents who make our school successful. None of us can do this alone. We have done our best for our students and families through cloud school, fire evacuations, quarantines, and floods. At this time, we are faced with another chance to come together. Let us not miss this opportunity. In order to come together, we must have clear and clear communication and a feedback loop from the stakeholders. How does this board plan on gathering information? As elected representatives of this community, you are attend are you attending what are you doing to learn about our community? I attend accountability meetings and I have not yet seen a board member there. Please come. I, I, it is essential to learn about our schools from the teachers and the administrators who are there each day. You were elected to represent our schools. It is paramount that you get the information directly from the source. 
How can we be sure that all stakeholders are being represented by this board? Do you understand all perspectives of the issues facing our schools? Trusting those to do their work each day in our schools is also what will bring us together. Many teachers and administrators are leaving this profession for reasons unknown. But what we do know is that those who remain have far more grit and are a very clear understanding about what it means to be a public educator. We have stood the test of time and care deeply about our profession. There are many distractions right now. As, a current, as this curtain closes on two of the toughest years that we have ever faced in education, we need strong and inclusive leadership. How does this board plan to help us get back to the important work of teaching children? What is your vision for our district? How will you include professionals in this process of building and bringing about that vision? And finally, we must come together around the shared hope for our students in our schools. We are here tonight because we care and we want things to be better for better, but also great. We are capable of that and so are our kids. It is said at the board meeting recently that our children are watching and they are. They see the posts, they hear the conversations at the dinner table disparaging their schools and children. Teachers and administrators also see those posts. Remember, we are there looking your child in the face each day, telling them that we care about them and that we will do what we can to make their life better. All while they are, we see ourselves and we steal ourselves from the onslaught of public remarks and comments that will hurt and undermine us. This needs to stop. What, we are better than that. How does this board plan to repair the damage that has been caused by people who need an outlet for their frustration? Whose responsibility is it to speak up for our schools and teachers? Whose responsibility is it to bring us to an understanding so that parents are heard and teachers and administrators are supported? The risk of not doing this work is way too high. I have a copy of it. and like many community members, I was blindsided by the news that Superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz no longer works for the district. As parents and community members, we were not informed that this was an issue, or that there was an issue, or there was a need for a mutual separation agreement. Through journalist Jason Van Tatenhove's Cora request, we have learned, like everybody else has said, that the district will pay Mr. Rosencrantz over $166,000 to not work as superintendent for the 2022-2023 school year. This situation begs the question, why was this well-respected, effective, professional superintendent who for his tenure with the district received good performance evaluations and has the overwhelming support of the community as a whole, suddenly separated from his position? It seems clear that Mr. Rosencrantz was committed to his job prior to the recent school board election, but now, for reasons the public is not privy to, he's gone. Prior to the school board election in November of 2021, Mr. Rosencrantz did not seek other employment and did not display any behavior that would indicate that he wanted to leave the district or Estes Park. For years, the Board of Education has worked harmoniously with Mr. Rosencrantz without any indication of any parties wanting a separation agreement. But after the election, Mr. Rosencrantz began to consider other opportunities. But leaving before the end of the school year isn't consistent with Mr. Rosencrantz's track record. He was an effective superintendent who always put his best foot forward for the students in the district. This mutual separation agreement was probably his best opportunity to protect the students when he left. He had good vision for the district. He managed the resources effectively. He constantly advocated for the staff. And I could go on here, but I think I'm gonna run out of time. I have a couple of things that I thought he did well, um, which I can't go into. 
But I want to support the Board of Education, our district, and our students. But I worry about losing more of our intelligent, committed, driven people who genuinely want the best for the students in our school. I'm deeply concerned about the confusion, chaos, and anxiety that Mr. Rosencrantz's departure under unclear circumstances is causing in the district. And I have four specific requests for the Board of Education uh, to address publicly. One, to shed light on the truth about why Sheldon Rosencrantz is no longer superintendent of SS Park Schools. Two, to recommit to our global outcomes as our overarching learning goals because they were community generated and prepare our students for success in this rapidly changing world. Three, to continue to prioritize closing the achievement gaps in this district, which is something Sheldon implemented and the district is doing really well. Um, and four, to continue a, a commitment to teaching that best serves all students and that is aligned with the Colorado Department of Education's rules that all educators must be trained on the best practices to serve culturally and linguistically diverse students. I believe that we can effectively collaborate in an opening a conversation, getting these requests addressed, and charting a clear path forward. Our students deserve our best. Let's give it to them. Good evening. Thank you for this opportunity to speak. My name is Christy Crosser, and in the district of Pinewood Springs. Um, I'd, I'd be interested in learning how, what process was used by the board to determine the superintendent's separation. Was there enough time for the three new board members to adequately evaluate superintendent's performance? A wise administrator or another organization in Estes Park recently made this comment. He said to his board, if employees are leaving for something, they're going to something such as retirement or another job opportunity, that could be good, that's okay. However, if an employee is leaving a position to get away, there needs to be an evaluation. Maybe it's time for that evaluation. Um, there has been some action taken by this board that could be perceived as concerning, including three new board members electing each other as officers um, and the superintendent separation. Perceptions do matter. Lastly, I want to remind the board that you work for the community as a tax-supported organization. You have the moral obligation to this community to do the right Thank you. My name is Jim Doctor. I have two children that have gone through the school system here in Estes Park. I've lived here 43 years, and they both graduated from Estes Park High School. I wholeheartedly support the board's decision to move forward with the separation agreement with Superintendent Rosencrantz. During the upcoming search, for a replacement, I encourage the board to select a qualified replacement that will emphasize a return to the teaching of traditional academics to exclude instruction in social, emotional, and cultural issues. Parental involvement in the education of their, their children must be actively sought and encouraged. Finally, we must effectively recruit and retain the best teachers because they are at the core of the education process and are far and away the most important element of that process. Thank you. 
everyone. Uh, my name is Will Peters, and I graduated Estes Park High School in 2018. So most of you were either my teachers or I went to school with your kids. <laughs> I currently live in Fort Collins and attend CSU, where I will soon be graduating with a degree in Social Studies Education. In my time in Estes Park School District, I will admit that I was not particularly invested in the processes of the school board. Uh, however, I will say that not a day went by where I didn't feel like I was in capable and skilled hands from top to bottom. I'd like to think that on some level the administration provided a large role, or sorry, played a large role, providing me and my fellow students with skilled teachers, a safe campus, and what I considered a first-rate education. Certainly one that was enough to drive me to pursue a career in teaching. As a future teacher, I closely follow the national movements in my field. Unfortunately, I see a future filled with movements which restrict the things children deserve to learn, and even more special meetings like the one last Tuesday. Like I said, I'm a former student of Estes Park, but I'll always consider myself a local and a community member. I believe the community has a right to know what goes on to make our schools operate and why certain members of the administration were removed. When I think of what happened last Tuesday, I feel like I'm losing trust in the people who were elected on the platform that they will do what's right for the students. As a future teacher, I hope to find myself in a district where the board acts with a level of transparency and responsibility, not partisan action under the guise of mutual separation. Thank you. Hi. Sorry. Uh, thank you so much to the board and the community members for allowing me to speak tonight. My name is Eve Medina. And I am, first and foremost, a caring community member of Estes Park, but I'm also a parent and a current teacher at the elementary school. So after last Tuesday, I felt compelled to speak um, following the decision by the board to end the eight-year relationship between Superintendent Mr. Rosencrantz and the district. Like many teachers and parents, I felt shocked, followed by an immediate sense of uneasiness. Our families, like many others, have questions and concerns regarding the process and decision-making that led to the dismissal of a high-quality educator. Due to the lack of transparency from the board, we are left to wonder and generate our own conclusion in regards to the, I'm sorry, the abrupt decision to dismiss Mr. Rosencrantz. Was there a specific incident that led the, the board to approach him and discuss the separation? Without specific information around the decision-making, some families, ours included, are left to wonder if this is another example of a newly elected school board dismissing staff and leadership that are not aligned with them politically. I fully understand that you are not obligated to answer any questions, but there is an opportunity for the board to do right by our community. Providing answers soon will allow for the board to begin building back trust that I'm afraid was lost through closed door decision making and lack of transparency. We urge you to model what we expect and hope to see in our students. So in that line of thinking, could I please ask you to unpack with me? During the first talks about Sheldon, who was considered during this process? And was there any thought to involve stakeholders in a broader discussion? And then according to his evaluation, his goals and practices were aligned with the district goals. What changed from January until now? And what does that mean for us in the future? 
Also, what is the direction of the board and how do these decisions impact our community? Does this direction continue to support inclusion and equity of all students? I'm gonna say that one again. Does this direction continue to support inclusion and equity? plan to be more transparent in the future and repair trust between our communities. Although this is my first year in the district, I have roots in this community, deep roots. It is where I choose to live, work, and educate my children, and I am deeply saddened and concerned at the way in which the school board tried to quietly usher out an educator. However, I believe in restorative practices. I urge the board to heal this community within, and it starts with the truth. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Carly Baines. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of my family as a parent to three children in the district, and two of which are enrolled in the elementary school. Um, some of the teachers were actually my husband's teachers, so we've been here a while. Um, while the three newly elected board members ran on transparency and the need to create more community partnership and outreach, two of them openly ran on values that were clearly in opposition of our past superintendent and the school board's values. The current board chair was elected without denouncing these values in her campaign. All of these divisive and anti-progressive values counter what previous superintendent Rosencrantz believed and valued throughout his leadership role the previous eight years. The manner in which he's separated from the school district has not and will not go unnoticed by the parents of the students in your district. The legality of conversations and process and how the separation occurred are in question. And while board members felt like keeping this quiet to allow for a peaceful transition, maybe that's for students, I believe that is a false assumption. Two board members in the anti-inclusive views described before, Mr. Davis and Ms. Kendall, didn't make any comment at all during the meeting regarding the separation and only looked to be waiting for their prompts to move through the meeting. Allowing for these things to happen quietly allows for increasingly worse things to happen in the future. Quietly building agendas behind closed doors will not be tolerated by parents. If I sound like I'm jumping to conclusions, that may be because many of us have had to come to conclusions without the clarity or transparency from the board. Comments made by these newly elected board members during their campaign include being against critical race theory, not believing transgender children should be allowed to play sports in which they identify with, in addition to not allowing students to choose their own pronouns. The topic of not allowing children to choose their own pronouns is one that has come up recently from some parent groups in the community. And while nothing happened publicly, comments were made on Facebook pages that make it sound like concerns about gender equality has reached some of our board members. I'm not gonna make any assumptions about how these things may or may not be related, but I wanna be incredibly clear that we're paying attention. We're looking at these accusations and we will continue to show up for our children in an effort to provide a safe, equitable, and high level of public education. I hope that my comments and those of other parents, in addition to teachers who have spoken out tonight, are taken into account as you move forward. We will continue to be present. Good evening, I'm Gordon Slack. <clears throat> um, 
I want to thank the board for finding a way to increase attendance at meetings. <laughs> Highly successful. In all seriousness, I want to thank the teachers who spoke. Your passion is obvious and it's appreciated, and that's what we need more of. And I hope everybody can work together to bring that about. We heard a lot about transparency. There are only three ways the superintendent can leave resign, termination, or a mutual agreement. And based on what we've seen, it was my mutual agreement. Um, he didn't resign, he wasn't terminated. All three of the board members I know were like, I know the three board members who were like the fastball. I never heard one of them speak to say, you gotta get rid of the superintendent. I never heard that. If there was a hidden agenda to get rid of the superintendent, he would have been gone a lot quicker than this. I don't think there was a hidden agenda. Um, we all want to know what happened. Why the timing? Why now? Why not wait till after graduation? We don't know. It's natural, we're curious. I expect that all five of these guys would like to tell you what happened. They cannot. They're bound by what I assume is some kind of legal agreement. Um, they've been, if they spoke about it, then they'd be pilloried for lack of integrity, not lack of transparency. Um, I expect, especially after what everybody said tonight, that they're gonna be as open as possible going forward, except on matters like this where they cannot speak. Good evening. My name is Emily Bohenick, and I'm a special education teacher at Estes Park High School. One month ago, I had the joy of traveling to Europe with 26 of our wonderful high school students. During our time overseas, we visited four different countries, with Germany being the most profound. From the war-scarred buildings of Munich to the grounds of Dachau, we learned of the complexities the nation endured during World War II, along with how they reconciled and continue to reconcile the harm done during that time. Of the many things learned, though, one of my favorites is that in the aftermath of the war, glass became an integral part of Germany's architecture as a symbol of transparency. It serves as a reminder that those in power must embody complete integrity and openness to those they are leading because there is equal responsibility and accountability on both sides. Since coming back, that has continued to be the piece I reflect on most and have encouraged my students to deeply reflect on as well. How are transparency, reconciliation, and openness showing up in our lives, in our communities, in our work, and in those around us? How are we holding one another accountable, growing together, and moving forward restoratively? How are we reducing harm in our environments and amplifying the light and humanity in us all, individually and collectively? I want us to consider these questions today. While the board cannot speak to every intricacy of last week's events, it is important for each of you to know that the suddenness of that decision uprooted a great deal of normalcy and insecurity. It created weariness and unanswered questions along with dissonance and unknowns in an already turbulent year. It created skepticism and confusion not only across your educators and parents, but among students as well. The board may have had time to process the implications of last week's events for months, but the actions were a true shock and rupture to our school district and community. There is restorative work to be done. Renee Brown once said that if we want people to fully show up, to bring their whole selves, including their unarmored whole hearts, so that we can innovate, solve problems, and serve people, 
we have to be vigilant about creating a culture in which people feel safe, seen, heard, and respected. After speaking with board members and community members this weekend, I challenge you with the following. As a new board, be explicitly clear about your mission, vision, values, and philosophies as a whole. If you think something has been communicated to the public, communicate more because clarity is kindness. Always find ways to collaborate with your stakeholders because their opinions and voice will give you the direction you need. Hold on to the initiatives and successes our district and Sheldon have worked so hard to cultivate for the years, while also dreaming of how to move our district to the next level. And most importantly, be as transparent as glass. To the community, I challenge you to ask hard questions, dig into the roots and whys, and speak your truth no matter what that may be. Continue learning about the roles and responsibilities of your school board members, Seek understanding and how to actively participate and engage in this process and get curious about what it means to hold a school board accountable and continue reciprocal conversations. Top down and bottom up conversations matter now more than ever. History has its eyes on us right now to determine what is best for our children and for our schools. What excellent educational environment are we going to create for the future of our students, our educators, and our community? Thank you. All right, folks. Well, that was all of the comment that I got. Again, I was about five, 10 minutes late, so I may have missed one or two speakers, a few of them. Um, but, and I, I definitely missed the name of the first person. So I do apologize about that. Um, I thought it was important also to just give you a, a snippet of where Stacy Ferry was trying not to leave, read the letters, especially the one that was signed by 149 educators and community members. But uh, Jason Kushner stepped in and did the right thing. So just real quick, I want you to hear that exchange because I think it illustrates kind of, I think it, it shows that there are members of the board that maybe don't want so much out on the public record. Um, and it really didn't take long. Um, I'm not going to include the letters themselves because the audio was not great. Um, they were kind of switching back and forth between microphones and whatnot. But I did read the letter earlier, and they are now in the public record. So you can get those off the district website. So here's that interaction real quick. And you can decide for yourself what you think of it. Again, kudos to Jason. That's it. That is all we signed up to speak our public participants. Okay. Oh, for three, there are three people on the list who wrote letters and requested them to be read. Um, I think they should be read. So I was just going to address okay. that. I've emailed all those individuals to Jason, okay. and I told them that we are not reading the letters. But however, they will all be submitted to public comments, and they will take them. Um, okay. Which is directly aligns with our public participation. I hear that. It has been practiced that we've read those letters. Not everyone can make it to board meetings or speak, and they shouldn't be silent because of access. And I know folks well that's what community engagement looks like in Estes Park Colorado 
That's the episode for today. Um, I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank the Real Mountain Theater and the Historic Park Theater for helping to sponsor this podcast. Helps me have the recording equipment that is suitable for going out on location and getting these longer, more in-depth stories. I know it was a longer episode today, but I felt all of these voices were important for the whole community to hear and the world. So thanks again for everyone that has been supporting me with paid memberships. Again, everything I put out for free. And, you know, I've said I'm going to lock things down or going to, you know, paywall things for the first week. But if I can get sponsors enough memberships, I'm never going to do that. And honestly, I'll probably never do it anyway. I just, I don't know. I feel like what I'm doing here needs to be available to everyone. And I know what it's like where, you know, it can be difficult even for $5 a month. So those are really just hollow threats. Um, But again, thank you. Uh, We'll be continuing coverage on this. I've got a guy who's going to come in and speak about... Um, he's not sure if he wants to, to release his full name yet to, to the record, but he's, he's, he's been following these types of board interactions and whatnot since the early 2000s here in northern Colorado, and he's got some very unique insights. So I'm going to uh, try to bring him back on. Um, I want to get down to the library presentation that the uh, Ukrainian women that I had um I interviewed them the very first day of the Russian invasion, the war that started, and um, want to get an update from them. I know that they've been doing Wednesday fundraisers, um, and uh, I, I may try to get out there tomorrow and just talk about how the fundraiser is going and see, uh, see get, just get an update. So anyway, thanks for joining me. I know it was a longer episode, but... Uh, I will talk with you again soon. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove, and you're listening to the Colorado Switchblade.